Hey y'all, here is the woman empowerment quote for today. I know we don't talk about feminism so much when I would talk about this guest, but I thought this is perfect because we talk about how we women are perceived in the world during our conversation. So I picked this quote. It's by G.D. Anderson, and this quote goes like this. Feminism isn't about making women stronger. Women are already strong. It's about changing the way the world perceives that strength and basically how the world perceives us. So, hope you enjoy this conversation. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa, and I'm your host. Today, I'm chatting with Christian business growth strategist and clarity coach, Deneen. We share so many similarities, it's not even funny. But one of the most important things that she talks about is what as we as women can take off our plates. What are some of the things that we don't need to be doing? And it's amazing to me, even though she's Christian based, one of the very first things she talks about has to do with the church. So I really think this is a very interesting conversation. I absolutely enjoyed chatting with her and we had an amazing chat. And she does have some free resources on her website, which I will link in the show notes. And so you know what I need you to do right now, guys? That's right. Start listening. edition of chats from the blog cabin today i'm joined by Denine. she is a a jack of all trades basically she is a life coach she's a christian business coach and she helps you get clarity to show you exactly where god wants you to be and i honestly i did not know exactly what you did so i went on your website and took all your quizzes and i came up with some really different cool things in your quizzes so we'll talk about that in a minute but why don't you introduce yourself before we get into all that you do well thank you so much melissa for having me here um yes my name is denise tb um my last name is really long troop buitrago because my husband is from colombia so i think we have that in common melissa that our daughters are first generation immigrant children women <laughs> And so I did see that for you. You know, we did a little scoping out. Um, I am a Christian business coach, a strategist, really a growth strategist and a clarity coach. And really, really do is help Christian women go from that overwhelm and confusion about what is it that God really wants them to do and really help give them focus and direction so that they create really a simplified and prosperous business, one that is serving God at the same time as attracting their ideal clients, because that's what we all want is more clients. <laughs> that is so true. So how did you get into this? 
that is so interesting of a story and it just so happens and i don't know why you know god's providence or god incidents or whatever you want to call it i just told the story on my youtube channel today it came out well, yesterday a tuesday it came out i started at my life as a teacher and so i was in teaching and then i went into homeschooling with my own girls and was teaching other homeschoolers so i never considered it a business but it was because i was getting paid for it but i really started the sales business the coaching all of those things with actually a direct selling company and that's the kind of journey i take everybody through and what i really realized is that i've gone through all these iterations of i started in a direct selling company and i decided i was going to make christian business women the women i was going to try and sell my products to and then god said no you're going to help Christian business women do some other things. And I think about my personal mission statement, it's not changed since the time I started with my why in direct sales till now in coaching and doing things like that. And it's always been to help believers share their faith in bold and creative ways to their friends, to their family, and in their marketplace. So the personal mission statement hasn't changed, but the way that I do it has changed. And I just love that. So I just want to invite everybody over to the YouTube channel and I can, they can get a detail kind of step-by-step -step of how I did that. So before we start talking about your business, let's talk about how you met your husband. Cause I love stories about people that meet people from other countries because you know, like I, that's, that's my heartstrings because my husband's from Mexico. So let's, let's talk about that first. So I um, graduated from college and I went to Boston and to college and I was at a Christian college and I had become a teacher and um, I had always thought, you know, I want to teach in another country because I had Spanish as a minor, um, love the Spanish language. Um, I'm actually very fluent in it now. And um, I had an opportunity to go and teach in a bilingual school in Columbia, South America. And it was a year out of being out of college. So I was not involved with anybody. It was like an adventure of 22 years old and I just went. Um, so I ended up spending three years there. And during that time, I met a lot of Americans. And I met an American woman whose husband had a company um, and we had mutual friends. She and I had mutual friends in the States, which was an amazing thing to find because she was from South Carolina and I was in Boston, grew up in Philly. So here I am and I meet all of the engineers that are working for her husband's company and they're all displaced and we kind of all hung out together all the time. And my husband, Carlos, was one of those people. And so now we've been married for 35 years or 30 well, 88 to about 33 years now. <laughs> I'm old. And uh, so we, we uh, I brought him back to the States about a year after we were married. And um, we've lived all over the United States. And he has worked for the Department of Energy as an engineer. And now he works for a supplier for one of the, um, one of the, uh, for suppliers of the car companies. He works with with uh, catalytic converters. So I always say, if your husband's in the auto automotive industry, you have to do your tour of duty in Detroit. I've just been in Detroit for about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of went there and, and ended up staying there, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. After I was in Chicago saying, I never want to move to Detroit, but this is where God has us. And I've met so many wonderful people and been in so many wonderful situations that, I, you know, except for the weather, I wouldn't change a thing. 
the weather yeah because you like you said originally you know east coast girl now you're in the middle of the cold weather and i imagine it's it's kind of cold there right now correct? yes we're actually having a really nice sunny day my mom called me up yesterday and said so how are you doing with the snow i said oh it's sunny here it's not snowing so i guess you know new york and pennsylvania all got the huge snow so i was pretty happy about the fact that they're getting it and i'm not <laughs> i love that so let's talk about um, how people, what exactly you do for your clients. Well, I, the first thing I do is I try to give away as much stuff as I can for free because I want people to, I want women specifically who have that pull on their heart to do what God wants them to do. And it's in business to really start to take away some of the the things that they have in their mind that they're supposed to quote unquote supposed to do as a Christian woman and really understand that God wants them to serve every day in their business and through their business. So I talk a lot about taking things off your plate. I talk a lot about taking and you see I have all my little things I say all the time. So taking the guilt off your shoulders and really let's look at Let's stop doing all the things at church thinking we're serving God and really expand that out to what are we doing every day to create disciples for Jesus. And that's what we're really commissioned to do. That's what the Great Commission is all about. I call it the personal GC. You know, that's what it is, the personal Great Commission. So I help women really understand who God has designed them to be. So I have a program called Calling Clarity, and it's really about taking all those ideas, all those things that we're good at, that we could do, that we that we try to do, but we're, what we're doing is we're spreading ourselves out so thin that we're not really having an impact. So first we have to decide how are we designed? And I do that through personality profiling. Um, as a teacher, I, for years, that's what I loved. And so I've been around personality profiling from the Myers-Briggs to the fun animals, the, the sanguine and all of the all of them. And I love being able to look at our values, our spiritual gifts and all these pieces. I call it my mosaic masterpiece model. And what we do is we take those pieces from your life even good experiences, bad experiences, because that's going to lead you to creating the business that is truly for you, that truly energizes you and attracts the people that you're supposed to work with. So we look at that pretty much first. And then we have a step-by-step -step way of making a plan. Because one of the things I do really well <laughs> is help people take that vision that they have and then break it down into those manageable steps and really give them a path and give them a way of being consistent, whether it's in their business life or in their faith life. I'm all about connecting faith and business. So a big part of what I also do is help women to really connect to God in a way that is true to who they are. I call it my personalized faith plan. And I love doing that because as business women, sometimes we're traveling, sometimes we're just busy, sometimes we're just tired and, and we feel guilty if we can't get to church, but that shouldn't keep us from actually growing in our faith. And so it's very important that we mix it all together. My my YouTube channel is called The Truth and Business Show, you know, Deneen TB Truth and Business, because truth is God's word and business is how we serve. Well, you talked about telling women there are things that they can take off their plates. What are most of the common things that they want, that they need to take off their plates, but they don't want to take off things like because I know as women, we feel like we have to do it all, not that we need to do it all or, or that we, we have to do it, but we need to do it all. You know, what are the most common things that women 
if I think if God is, if God has called you to business, the first thing I would say to take off your plate is anything that you're doing at church, anything you're involved in, any volunteer experience that you're involved in, take it off your plate. You might want to put something back later, but for right now, that's the first thing I would say, because what we have done is we've taken Ephesians 2.10, which says that we are to do the things that God planned for us, those good works, those good things. And we think that it's we have to do them all at the same time. And I was guilty of this. I'm telling you, I used to, I homeschooled my two girls. I also uh, was the head of the drama ministry at my very large church. I was also um, on missions committees. I went with the teenagers every year to Ecuador because my husband and I spoke Spanish. So we were leaders on that mission for 10 years. So we did it all. But I really found that when I got to be, you said earlier, the jack of all trades, when I decided I didn't want to be the jack of all trades anymore and master of none. And again, that's that thin thing of impact, little impact in little in lots of places and decided that I wanted to have a deeper impact. And that's what God wanted for me. Mm -hmm. Then I could focus on the one thing that I was supposed to do. So I would say the first thing to take off your plate is what you're doing at church. A lot of women who go into business also think that they need to also have a nonprofit so that they're giving back. Let's take the nonprofit out. If God calls you to that, great, but don't start with both. You know, it's to start with one or the other business or nonprofit. That's I see that a lot. I see people them just trying to do it all. They say, I don't have enough time. And when I when I listen to that, I I hear I don't know how to prioritize my time because I'm not making one thing more important than the other. I'm giving the same status to everything. And so I have this um, have this little uh, a little freebie that I, I have on my website, a resource that is about how prioritizing your day. Right. You have to do the three R's. You have to say what is required of me today. If that's the only thing you get done today, then that's okay. When what's required of you, if you have children, well, you got to feed them and you know, you've got to, you've got to take care of them. You've got to maybe drive them around. If we ever get out of quarantine or pandemic mode, you know, you have to do certain things you can put on that list. And I always say to put on that list, put your self care on that list. Make sure you're eating properly, getting enough sleep, exercising. And then what is going to give me a good return on my investment? Now, return on my investment does not always mean money. It can mean, is it worth it for me to have the take time to go have coffee with a friend or be in, you know, stop and read a book with my child, whatever it is that return on investment for you. And that's up to you. And then the last thing is what's going to give me a reward. And if we can prioritize our day with just these simple activities and understand that you might not get everything done, but let's get done what's required. And you can put on your list things that are required of you. And I think that's the that's what the problem is. It's not I'm don't have enough time or because I'm doing too much. It's that I haven't even taken and looked at what I'm doing and said, is it really all this I need to do and prioritizing what's truly important? Well, I, honestly, I think that's totally against what most people think, because most people think like, oh, I need to the church. I need to do this. I need to do that. And that's totally against what most people think to do, you know? Of what I know. I, I've been a disruptor for about eight to 10 years in the marketplace because I, um, because I really, truly, when I look at the Bible and when Matthew 28 comes up and, and Jesus says, go and make disciples, teaching them 
you know, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we're mandated to do. We're not mandated to go volunteer in the nursery. Yes, is it needed? Yes, it's needed. Do I be? Do I need to be the person to do that? No, because not everyone's called into business either. Not everyone has this, this pull on their heart to do business. And at different stages in your life, it might look different as well. You know, if I have babies, then probably I should go in there and take my turn because somebody else is taking care of my babies, right? But it just depends. And it, and it is a mindset shift. I call it a reframe because we're looking at how can I serve God every day? Because what I have found is most people they compartmentalize their life and they're like, okay, I do this on Sunday or Wednesday night. I volunteer in the summer. I volunteer at Christmas, whatever it is that they do for church. Mm -hmm. That's my service to God. And then they have their job or their work or their business separate from that. And they don't see the connection. And that's what I'm bringing into the world. That's what I'm called to bring into the world is that we want a seamless life. And I go like this, like the fabric, right? A seamless life that connects faith and business so that whether you're in a cubicle, running your own business, you're at a networking group, you are always the same person and you are always willing to talk about God and talk about who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Wow. Now, did you always wanted to incorporate YouTube into your business? <laughs> YouTube, yes, because um, I love to be on stage. <laughs> I love video. I uh, I just I thrive when I've been on the stage as an actor, as a uh, a director, as a writer and director of different projects. Um, theater was just part of that experience in my life. I don't have any kind of professional degree, but all through school, all the time, that's been something. So for me video just became a very natural extension. And we know in business that I use my YouTube channel in very precise ways to point people to my business and to helping them really get the clarity that they need. So I'm giving all kinds of things. And it's so important that we have different methodologies and ways of reaching out to the world because unless the person who's supposed to work with you, here's your message, they're not going to know. So we need to learn how to do that better. We need to do all of those uh, of those things that we, we need to learn all the things that we need to know. And sometimes we just don't know what we just don't know. And um, so I've done, I've actually have, you know, done, have mentors for YouTube and I've been very pleased. I went, I was took a little break during the middle of the pandemic and just went back into it over the last fall and it's growing and I love it. And I'm connecting with women that from all over the world. And I just love, love, love that. <laughs> so yes, it was part of my strategy from the beginning. I just wasn't doing it as well as I'm doing it now. <laughs> now gives advice for people that want to start advertising their business on YouTube, because obviously YouTube is a, is a tool now that's growing because of, of the pandemic. People are needing to get out there and getting their face out there more and more. So give us some tools, uh, some tips for people that are needing to use their YouTube. Well, one of the first things that I would say is very, something very um, aesthetically pleasing. I would say, first of all, create a set. 
create something behind you that's not your bookshelf with your knickknacks on it create something that's very strategic as you see i have my letters i have a cross people know exactly who i am the second thing i would say is get a decent lighting i have lighting that is in front of me and because i wear glasses it's also above me so i do not have a ring light some people like ring lights with my glasses that's not going to work mm -hmm. so the very so if you don't have lights then just put your face in an open window <laughs> and have that light coming towards you. A lot of times people will put light behind them. So that's the first thing is make it something interesting that people want to look at and then give yourself um, not to don't put your whole body. See how we're like this. this is, most of my videos are like this somewhere where you can still see your hands. You can still use your hands so that it can be dynamic and to really up and down with the voice. Um, if you're going to tell a secret, lean in and tell a secret. Okay. So be dynamic. Act as if you're talking to your best friend, that you're telling them this amazing story or this amazing tip. Um, those are some of the things that just to get started, because when someone clicks on your video, they want to know what they're going to get out of it. So mm -hmm. tell them that right away. Don't get on there and say, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. And I do the no say, you know what? Today on this video, I'm going to show you three tips to blah, blah, blah. That's what you need to do. So then they'll stay with you. Um, I could go on and on about it because there's so many little things. But I think <laughs> those are the first things to really get started is to know what you want to talk about and make a plan of what topics do you really want to talk about that are a theme that you are bringing into the world that it is you. Does that help? Yeah, totally helps. And with that, we need to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. Schools closing their doors again this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic is devastating for students, parents, and educators. Beyond that, it has disproportionately challenged low-resource school systems, further revealing educational and health inequities among communities. Teachers and parents are searching for tools that will enable schools to reopen, but many of these solutions are expensive and time-consuming. To ease the magnitude of challenges faced by high-need school districts, we can provide a simple solution that has a deep impact. I'm Della, the founder of Nestle Space. Nestle provides easy, beautiful, health-centered design that adapts to any environment. We design products that are attentive to bodily experience, emotional health, and ergonomics, including our portable, touchless handwashing station. Our handwashing stations bring running water anywhere with an outlet, accompanied by ergonomic design. Because no plumbing is required, our portable stations can be placed in classrooms, gymnasiums, lobbies, libraries and beyond. The CDC has identified hand washing as a critical mitigation measure for schools during the pandemic. However, as evidenced by the high number of schools that have reached out to us over the last six months, many schools do not have prolific access to running water in classrooms and in other areas which they need to repurpose as classrooms in order to increase social distancing during the pandemic. We know schools are short on resources, dollars, space, and time. We can help, but we need your help to do so. We'd like to supply our Nestle Kids handwashing stations at no cost to selected public schools in need. Our first goal is to distribute these to 10 school districts. We are asking for your help to simply cover our production and shipping costs. 
Together, we believe we can help students more safely return to where they thrive most, at school. In these crazy times, we thank you for considering this and for your generosity. We believe that by helping support each other, we can make a positive impact in a very hard time. Again, thank you for your support. We hope you and yours stay well. And we're back chatting with Deneen. Deneen, let's talk about your masterclass that's coming up in March. It's a free masterclass. Am I correct? Yes, it is a free masterclass. During the month of January, I had a free one every single week. And so um, I got tired. <laughs> so we're going to do it once a, once a month starting in March for the rest of the year. And really what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be doing different pieces of the larger masterclass that I did in January. So we have really, it's called three steps or three steps to clarity and for your business. So the first one, which will be in March, we're going to be focusing mostly on that. What I talk, talked about before the mosaic masterpiece model and, and what do those, what are those pieces and what is God used to design you for your, um, for your business, for what he wants you to do, even if it's a ministry, um, it, it's it's something that you do that nobody else is doing. And so we'll mainly focus on that. But then we're also going to take the other two pieces of the three steps and we'll still go through them. Um, the second step, of course, is connecting to God and that personalized faith plan and what that looks like. And then the last part is um, really the plan. And I know a lot of times in business, they talk about the funnel, but I don't use that as a plan. I use the flywheel and the flywheel method is really about putting the client, the potential client, the people you want to serve in the center of everything that you do from beginning to end in your business. So those are what the master classes are going to be about. So you can learn a lot about how you want to show up as your unique self in the marketplace so that you attract your ideal clients. So three steps to clarity. So when exactly are these master classes? These master, I have to look over at my calendar. It's on the wall here because we have them like I have my whole year planned. So they are always on the third Wednesday of each month starting in March. So there'll be four different master classes and we'll kind of uh, rinse and repeat three. I should say three different master classes for the three steps. We'll focus on one step each time more in depth than the other times. And then we will rinse and repeat. And um I, we love that. Um, I say we because I do have a DTB team. And so my team member, who's my technology whiz, Mary, will be with me as well. <laughs> I love that you say you have a team. <laughs> Did you yeah. think when you first started out that you would have a team? No. And, you know, I actually have a third person, but she's not in the in, in the master class with us. But Rhiannon just came on. So I've got Mary and Rhiannon. And, um, no, when I first started, I was a total solo mompreneur person and I learned how to do everything. Um, I'm a very early adopter. So when I started um, before coaching, because the first time somebody called me coach, I was like, I'm not a coach. I'm a teacher. I was doing workshops. I was teaching. And one of the things I was teaching was social media, how to get on LinkedIn, how to get on Instagram, how to get on Facebook and create Facebook groups and all of those things, because as I always say, this lady with the white hair knew what to do. And it's only because my daughter turned, you know, 13 in the year Facebook came out. <laughs> so I needed to learn it. And I, like I said, I'm a very early adopter and just got the technology. So for me, 
um, once I was able to give Mary all the technical stuff and she is a website designer, she does all the, and she loves email marketing. Um, and she loves watching all those stats. I'm like, go for it, lady, go for it. <laughs> and then I have Rhiannon now actually starting to take over a lot of my social media so that I don't have to be, um, creating that. I just have to just engage with it, which is taking a lot off my plate between doing my coaching and then doing my speaking. And, and I'm, I'm writing another, I'm getting ready to write another book. And so I've been doing a lot of interviews of women uh, who have businesses because of my new book that I'm trying to write this year. Um, so I needed some things taken off my plate and having a team, we have a team meeting every Tuesday and we just started having it in the last month. It's so exciting. I like had the little thing team DTV team meeting and I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. So yeah, never thought it would happen. Don't know if I want more than three <laughs> to other people and myself, but you'll never know. I just go with, take that next step in trusting that God's going to give me the next thing I need. So I'm always looking out for that, for those opportunities. Now you mentioned books. So let's talk about your book. Clarify. Clarify. <laughs> so this is my first book. Um, I have, I'm going to show a picture of it. I have it right here with me. Clarify my beautiful, like smoke going away. Um, this book was birthed out of a challenge. And um, what happened was I was working at the time with a coach back in, well, I wasn't working with her. We were accountability partners with a, with, she was a like certified credentialed coach. And um, that was all through 2016. And we decided at the beginning of 2017 that we were going to do a challenge. And so I was the writer and she was the coach. And so we said, let's pick seven women from the Bible, do a seven day challenge and we'll pick people who've had businesses or who worked or whatever. So we did that. And as I started writing these just for the challenge, I was like so interested and God was just, I felt like I was getting downloads of like new perspective because I'd never really looked at these women through the lens of a business or through work lens. And I just found it fascinating because I grew up in church. So I knew all the stories of Deborah and Esther and Ruth and, and, and Lydia, Priscilla, all of these people, but not in the way that I was looking at it now. And so I ended up doing a profile on 12 biblical women, 11 of whom were real life women. And then the last one of the book is the Proverbs 31 woman. And I kind of wrap up everyone else inside of her. And I show how each one of us is a Proverbs 31 woman doing exactly what God has asked us to do because we're not all the same and that we really should be celebrating our achievements, whether we are proud of the fact that we got to snuggle with our kids or we, you know, beat cancer or we got on the phone with a client that we were afraid to talk to, whatever it is, that's what we should be celebrating. So I love this book and it's kind of a book that is personal because you have questions inside, um, you have prayer prompts, you have goal setting and action steps because each woman also represents a business principle that you can apply to your own business. And some of the examples are like excellence or consistency or just, you know, just standing up for something that you know God would not approve of and really being courageous in that. So there's lots of different things in there. Um, a lot of what I do in my Calling Clarity program 
um, is in that book. That's kind of like your first step, if you, if you, so to speak, of what we do even more and dig down more in the Calling Clarity program. And that brings me to the quiz that you have on your website as well. Yes. Who are you? Did you did you take you took it right? Yeah, I took it, but I had I came out with someone that I did not even know was in the poll, and I had to look her up. So can you so can you can you pick? You came up with Hulda? Or yeah. Hulda? Okay. Well, Hulda's you one of my knew. favorites. <laughs> All right, so I have to tell you this. Anyone who takes the quiz, only six women from the book are on the quiz. You can only be one of the six women because half of the women were actual business owners. The other half were women who worked. Like we would say, Martha was a woman who worked, but she does not did not have a business. Martha is in my book. But I love the fact that we you can be, as you said, Hulda, and I'll talk about her in a second. Pua and Shifra. I know people are like, who are they? Um, you can be Deborah, Lydia, Priscilla, or Rahab. So I love Holda because Holda is a teacher. Holda is the woman who was building a reputation by doing what God asked her to do. So Holda was the woman who, who was loved God's word. She studied God's word and she had a very um, great impact on Josiah because Josiah's mother, and the Bible tells us that Josiah was greatly influenced by his mother. Well, I think he was also influenced by Hulda because Hulda was, her husband was the king's wardrobe keeper. And so he would go in to dress the king every day. And Hulda, I imagine, went in to help the queen because it might have been part of her responsibilities. But she was really considered a, a teacher of, to, for like women and children and things like that. Josiah was, you know, became king when he was like seven years old. And Hulda was part of that because when they found find a script on the, the temple floor, because the, the temple's in disarray at this point in, in history, and Josiah was a good king and he started to restore the temple. They found like documents that looked like they were penned by Moses and they go and they call Hulda to come and authenticate it. Because she had that reputation of honesty, of knowing what it was. And Josiah just thought the world of her. And she actually gets a prophecy that the, the because the, the paperwork says that the Israel is going to be destroyed. And she gets a prophecy and tells Josiah that it won't be destroyed during his reign because he has brought the people back to God. So she gets this honor, even though it's 20 years later, you know, it's it's so much. Well, it's 18 years later, but it, it's so much later. She kept doing exactly what God wanted her to do, building that reputation. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say it paid off, but in the end, it was honored by God. And she became the catalyst really for the revival of the Jewish nation back to God. Wow. Isn't she amazing? <laughs> no, but I had never heard of her. So I had to look her up. I'm like, I'm going to look her up because I don't know where she is in the Bible. So I just like Googled her. What would we do without the internet? Because you would have had to search through the Bible to figure out where exactly well, she was. If you at. get the book, it's in the book, it tells you where her story is found. <laughs> <laughs> I so love how, how would you apply her to the business though 
So she does teach about your reputation. So that's what she really, that's the business principle that your business needs to have a reputation. You have to have a reputation of integrity. You're doing what you say you're going to do. You have to show up when you say you're going to show up. You have to build um, the way that people look at your company. And because most of us are solopreneurs, that they're looking at you because you are your brand. And so we really have to make good decisions. We have to be very um, savvy. We have to just be very discerning. And so that those are the principles that she teaches is to really not get weary, not give up, you might have to pivot. You might have to change a little bit. You might have to learn something, but to keep growing, if you know in your heart of hearts you, and God ha, and you're aligned with God that he's given you this path, that building that reputation is going to be one of the most vital things for you. Wow. Mind blown. <laughs> I love what I get to do. I love these women. In fact, my new book that I'm thinking about doing, do you mind if I talk about it? I just want to talk about Go it. Right ahead. So, so this book, like I said, I'm doing interviews of business women because what I want to do is I want to look at the women in the early church and research them um, to see what type of influence they were having in their culture and in making disciples in the new church. Um, and of course, Lydia and Priscilla will be two people from my old book, first book that will come into the second book as well, but from a different perspective. But I wanna compare that and contrast it with Christian business women today. I want them to understand what they are doing that they have influence in the culture and in making disciples today. So I don't know exactly how it's going to play out yet, how I'm going to use all of these uh, interviews that I'm doing, but um, I'm just excited because God just tumbled this out to me, like basically in November, I was listening to a sermon at my church and it was on um, Romans. It was, I forget where, I'm sorry. There's two women. I think it was Corinthians, actually. Two women that that Paul calls out in the letter and says, tell these two women to stop arguing with one another. And I got to thinking. They had so much influence in the church that Paul had to call them out to tell them to be nice to each other and to stop causing the problem that whatever problem they were causing. And it just got me thinking, we have so much influence as women and we need to be able to use that in a good way. And how does God want us to use that? So I want to look at those early women and what they were doing in their, like I said, in their cultures, in their businesses, in their homes, and really the influence that they have and then the influence that we have so that we can understand that the our only job is to make disciples. That's what Jesus told us to go do. <laughs> Instead of competition with each other. Exactly. And that's the other part. And I think that's what I love about when I got to the Proverbs 31 woman in the book is that that was written as a poem for the Jewish men to memorize in celebration of their women. It wasn't it wasn't prescript. It wasn't prescriptive, meaning it wasn't something that was prescribed for us to do. It was descriptive so they could celebrate their women, the, you know, the moms, the aunts, the sisters in their lives. And it was for them to memorize. And so it's it, the, the word is Shail or Kail. It's a CH. So I'm not sure how it's pronounced. And it really, it means woman of valor. And it means that anything that we do, we need to stop competing and start looking at one another through this 
look how much valor this woman has. Look how much courage she has. Look how much amazing, amazing talent that she has. And really being happy and really celebrating all of those different things instead of going the way of our the world or our nature or whatever it is. And um, I, I have to confess right now that, you know, if someone's making you feel upset because you're comparing yourself or if they're making you have this other feeling, stop following them. Stop being, I had to do it the other day. I realized that I was, every time I saw this person, I was just judging them. So I said, you know what? I'm just not going to see them anymore. Unfriended. Un because it wasn't good for me. She didn't know what I was doing, but in my mind, I knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. so I, you know, if I'm finding that the better that we can do what God is calling us to do and not worry about anybody else. And I, that's, that's the best thing. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I have this verse that I, I don't know why I've never realized what it said before, <laughs> but I, it's Galatians chapter six, verses four and five. And I read it in the NLT ver version. And this has kind of been my mantra. I don't want to say mon use the word mantra, but you know what I mean? It's been, kind of been that thing I remind myself all the time. It says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Wow. And I was like, there it is. If God's called you to do something, he's called you to do it in a way that is true to who you are and how he's designed you. And you don't need to look at anybody else. Yeah, if you need somebody, he will put that person in front of you. He will put that opportunity in front of you. And then you hopefully are in tune with him enough to discern very quickly if it's right for you, if it's the right coach or the right program or just the right opportunity, whatever it is, you know, if you need something that he'll bring the right person to give you that need that to satisfy that need. Um, I have found in my group, especially my clients they're they've come from a lot of different trying. I call it they're trying to throw spaghetti on the wall. They're going all to all these other gurus to find their way to do business and finding that they're trying to put them in a mold. And, you know, as a believer, we need to find someone who is really good at what they're doing that not just puts you in the mold, but allows you to say, this is the path, but let's figure out your best way to go on that path. And I think, I think that's what I've been able to achieve. Why do you think it's so hard for women to stop comparing each other and to stop being in competition with each other? Because it's so hard. I think I just want to blame Eve. <laughs> I think that I think that we have had so many messages given to us over the years and from so many different angles and ways that we just we've end up with this almost like a scarcity mindset that mm -hmm. if she's achieving something, then that doesn't leave anything for me. And we have to remember what did John 10, 10 say? It said, um, Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. Right. Um, so we should, I mean, I know it sounds like this positive guru stuff and I don't believe in any of that, but it's so true that we allow the enemy into our head to convince us that, 
you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not, you're not pretty enough. You're not a child. You're not, you're not enough enough. And that's not true. God created you. And we need to get that into our head. And when we understand that I'm just going to be in my lane and we need to be satisfied in what he has for us because God didn't promise us to be six figure people. He didn't promise us that we'll never get sick. He didn't promise. That's not what the Bible is about. That's not what the Christian adventure is about. It's about being satisfied in him. So we have to be content. And I think a lot of women are just not content with who they are and what God wants them to do because they're not connected enough to God. I think there's a, a spiritual dehydration that, we just need to start drinking from the Bible, everything that we need, and we will find that satisfaction. And I think that's what comes. That's why we start looking at each other and going, uh, and we can't be happy for each other. Oh, they're going on another vacation. I can't believe it. How much money is she making? And we talk about it instead of saying, wow, look, they get to go on another vacation. I can't wait to see the pictures on Instagram. Yeah, that's true. And then you got to think about it too. Yeah, they may be going on another vacation, but how far in debt are they going to go on another vacation? Right. Or how hard did she work to make the money to go on that vacation? She might have given up how many sleepless nights, mm -hmm. how many, how many finagles, how many deals, whatever, you know, there's so many different things that could be happening. And we have to also remember, we are always watching the highlight reel of somebody else. Mm -hmm. and we're living our everyday reel. Mm -hmm. That's a big difference. <laughs> That is so true. <laughs> is there any last words that you want to leave us with? Oh, wow. There's just so many things I could say. <laughs> um, I really want to encourage women to really evaluate what it is that they are doing. I want them to first go to God. I want to get women into the Bible. I want them to love coming to be with God every single day first. That's part of what I say. I want you to grow in your faith so that it fuels your business, but it really fuels everything else in your life. And if we would just stop listening to all the other people who are telling us about the Bible and actually go to the Bible, it's a beautiful thing. And, and it just opens up so much for understanding that God's economy is very different than our economy and that we can find satisfaction in doing everyday things because we're doing what we're supposed to do, what he has called us to do. So if I could encourage anyone to just get in more into the word, spend more time with God. Of course, I have tools for all this too, <laughs> but if I could encourage, that would be the first thing before you do anything else. Don't try to, you know, have a ministry. Don't try to have a nonprofit. Don't try to, you know, have your own business. Don't try to do anything. If you haven't first drunk, drunken, drank, <laughs> drank from the, the fountain of life and fill yourself up first, because the only way that you can overflow in your life. And, and my company is called Grow From Your Overflow. The only way you can grow in your life is that you need to first fill up on God so that you overflow to the other parts of your life in a good way. Wow. So where can people find 
Well, I have a website. So it's DeneenTB.com, TB, you know, truth and business. And um, Deneen is D-E-N-E-E-N. So all E's. Um, so DeneenTB.com. And again, you can find me on YouTube at DeneenTB. And um, I am, have a really long name. So you can find me on Facebook. And I have a Facebook group called Christian Women Entrepreneurs and Business Owners Network. So I SEO'd that to death. So if you can't find me, it's because you forgot one of those words. Because if you put Christian women, you'll come up. <laughs> so Christian Women Entrepreneurs and Business Owners Network. And that's really a great place to be to start to know who I am on the website, on YouTube, and inside the group. Because that's where I share my heart. And I think that's how we connected was through the Christian Women's Entrepreneurs Group. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> so, Deneen, I want to thank you for coming on today and for sharing your heart and for actually I signed up for your masterclass. So I can't wait until March because I'm like, yeah, I want to do this. And I think I signed up to for the interview too, for your interview series. So. Oh, awesome. Yes. And if anybody wants to know more about that, just ask, ask me on Facebook. Um, I, I've had about 150 interviews and I'm trying to get them all done through March and then I can start writing. <laughs> so um, it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm meeting so many different women and I so appreciate being able to come here and talk with you, Melissa. It's been, like I said, this is like my favorite thing is just meeting new people and really trying to understand where we all are and how we're all on the same journey to really make disciples and that I'm not alone. And that's what I think is the best thing. We're not alone as Christian businesswomen. Yeah, that's so true. So, guys, we will see you on the next chat from the blog cabin. Bye. Bye. Y'all, I just had an amazing time chatting with Deneen. She talked about, you know, her husband's from Colombia. My husband's from Mexico. She has girls. I have girls being um, first generation um, immigrant children. It's amazing to watch how much they have progressed. Um, I have yet to read her book, but I did grab a copy of her book. It is on Kindle, and I put that in the show notes. Um, because I wanted to read more about the person I became that I, when I took the quiz that was also in the show notes, um, who I identified with the Bible because I had never heard of this woman before. So I really hope you really enjoyed this interview. Um, thank you for being part of the podcast family and please like, leave a rating, a review, um, share with your friends as well. This is an amazing um, podcast and this particular one talks about the importance of growing our faith during our business, which is great. And I was really surprised when she said that most women need to quit volunteering at church because they put so much pressure on um, themselves to be the perfect person, the perfect mom, the perfect wife, the perfect Christian, the perfect this, the perfect that. That once we step back and start taking some things off our plate, then we're happier and that stress is not on us anymore. So I really want to thank her for coming on and chatting with us about this. And I put her all her content information in the show notes. So if you want to contact her, you can go right ahead. And until next time, you know what they need you to do? That's right. Be blessed and start chatting with each other. <laughs>